You're listening to a podcast of Business News Background. A weekly roundup of the big stories here in Western Australia. Brought to you by Business News and Lush Digital. So to another edition of Business News Background. Uh, welcome along. I'm James Lush from Lush Digital Media. Uh, Mark Panel with us today and uh, also Shana Crispin, who's going to join us for the stories of the week and also look ahead to uh, the paper which comes out on Monday. First of all, Mark, let's start... Um, Let's start with some contracting uh, engineering stories, and we're going to bolt them together because they all sort of sit neatly in one box. Yeah. So, where do you want to go? Mining, engineering, will that do for starters? Yeah, well, look, you know, um, this is the pointy end of the downturn. Um, the, 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 the guys that have been doing the engineering construction and also, to a lesser degree, some of the on-the-spot mining contractors as well, um, but there's just a bunch of little news there that, that uh, kind of helps us flesh out where things are heading. I think the, 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 the biggest of them was um, actually not a West Australian, particularly West Australian story, but um, UGL, a big uh, engineering contractor, um, up on the Inpex project uh, up at Darwin, uh, reported $200 million blowout. Um, on, a, on, on the part that they're building up there, which is a power station. Now, it is ouch. And I think the surprising thing around this is um, we're all expecting costs to become more restrained and thing, you know, that it's much more competitive. And yet, crikey, we're still seeing blowouts. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Impex has quickly said that this doesn't mean there's going to be a big blowout across the project, you know, because um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big one up there. But... Um, it was just an interesting signal. Um, now, maybe UGL's got a whole lot of um, contracts of their own that are set in stone that are hard to change, but it's not a good signal to be in at, at the beginning of a downturn to still have things blowing out. Yes, because it's not easy to recover it. No, well, no. And yeah, yeah, well, that's it. And their, their share price got hammered, exactly. I think that's a good point. You know, um, a couple of years ago, even just a couple of years ago, when you had a blowout, you went back to your client and said, look, we've had a blowout, and everyone, oh, yeah, well, and it was just part and parcel, oh, yeah, more cost. Maybe clients are less inclined yes, that way right now. Totally. Um, and look, in another story, which is a bit uh, closer to home, uh, Wattpack, mining uh, contractor up on a very small iron ore mine on Cockatoo Island, um, they reckon, they believe they'll get mining back on track. They're really a victim of a sort of battle for control of the project. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's an operating mine. It, it, may, it, it produces so little. I mean, it's really... I think they're hoping to do 1.2 million tonnes this year. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a minnow. But nevertheless, it's, it's again at that pointy end. This is the pointy end of the iron ore price. There's a lot of, you know, controversy around whether mm-hmm. people can operate at certain costs. And in the interim, at, there's two joint venture partners there... Um, well, sorry, there's, a, there's an operator, a company that's an operator, and then there's kind of like their, their financier, and their financier is trying to basically take control of the project, a Chinese group. So there's a bit of a battle, and it's actually in administration mm-hmm. at the moment. Yep. And then, look, the third one, which I think is uh, very close to home, Giorgio, uh, they're a very diversified group, and I think uh, what we saw in their results, which uh, the private company, they don't have to actually produce results, but we've got them because they do put a little bit out um, in the public domain, um, they said their uh, their revenue was uh, was up and it's increasing and they're anticipating an increase. But again, one of their areas that's very strong in the engineering contracting area has been down in the mining and resources side. But they've made up for it 
with um, extra revenue in uh, infrastructure yeah. and in the property and construction game, in building, yes. building apartments and They're all just uh, shifting their focus, aren't they? I mean, they're, they're, yeah. they're recognising that this, this, this sort of supply line is just starting to taper off. We've got to find alternatives. Well, the smart ones were doing that some years ago. And yeah, they were talking right. maintenance, they were talking yeah. diversification to other areas. Other people have thought, no, 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 let's focus on what we're good at. Let's make the make hay whilst the sun shines. But, of course, it gets tougher when, when the market turns And we've got revenue up, but it doesn't always mean that profits are up. No, that's true. But, again, uh, at least in this case, in well, sorry, I don't know about Giorgio's underlying cost, to be honest, but what we what you could suggest is that, that maybe they've got a little bit more bargaining uh, power when it comes to labour and skills yeah. and, and, yeah. and even um, input other inputs. Good. Okay, we've uh, we've dealt with our contracting and engineering and mining stories. Let's move um, to another local story. This is uh, Amcom, which we've talked about before. Takeover talk there. Uh, Shani, you've got uh, details of how that is playing out at the moment? Yeah, so this all started almost two weeks ago when East Coast-based Vocus uh, Communications indicated or came out and announced that they'd increased their stake in Telecom and Amcom. Sorry. So that really all started this takeover talk. Amcom's been ticking along for a good long while, growing steadily, growing profits by double digits for the last, I don't know, more than five years. So there's been indications that there will eventually be some interest in other companies wanting to take over Amcom. So Vocus started that last week, and then just yesterday, TPG came out and announced that they've also increased their stake. So once Vocus announced that they're interested in having a go, TPG went on a $9 million buying spree right. wanting to uh-huh. get involved. So what's happening now is everyone's sort of just waiting on the edge of their seats. A, firstly, to find out what the result of Vocus and Amcom's negotiations will be, because talk is that it's it's a promising outcome for both sides. There's Even though Amcom has announced that they've got a fairly strong East Coast expansion strategy, while some people sort of thought that may lessen the motivation from Vocus's side, and in actual fact it strengthens the justification from both sides. So there's sort of waiting to see what's going to happen with that, but also there's talk that other companies such as IINet and NextGen Group may also want to get involved. So right. So you could have lots of these big companies all buying little portions. Yeah, well, the, well, analysts have said IINet in particular has fallen a little bit behind in terms of infrastructure, so they may be, if they want to get involved in that and keep pace with the other telcos, that may be where they can get it from. But in, in terms of NextGen, I'm not sure. They already have quite a strong yes. um, infrastructure. How, how would Damcom operate with all these um, different uh, owners having you know portions of uh, of the pie. Well, I don't think it'll be a portion. It'll come down to one. It just it, it's a com- competition. It's who gets the deal. And yeah. even if if, the it, best. if Amcom even wants to go that way, I mean, yeah, yeah. from discussions with Amcom before, they're very, um, you know, they like how they're going. They're, yeah. they're very happy with their expansion strategy. Yeah, look, Sh- Shana can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Amcom have been very strategic for a long time. They, they bought assets a long time ago when they bought troubled assets. A lot of their assets are actually ones that were in trouble. Other people went broke building them. Yeah. So they've got them at a discount. Um, and then when even when groups like when IONET got in trouble a few years ago, Amcom jumped in there and took a piece of it. Mm. And, you know, so they've been really clever at, at, at buying in the, in the down and bingo, this is obviously an up in that mm, market. Yes. And their, their asset base, and just correct me if I'm wrong, but they've they mainly got um, pipe, and, and they've got corporate clientele, right? Is that, is that and, right? And data centres as well. Yeah, yeah. So they're really at this big, high-end, pointy corporate end of the market. They're not out there mm. um, selling stuff to you and me. Yes. Mm. And I think most of these guys like IONET, TPG, they're mainly in retail and they're yes. probably mm. looking for a little bit more of that solid 
you know, um, cream on the top. Yeah, yeah. Well, a good, good, steady business that you get yeah. from big clients. And just to add to that, to, to talk about MCOM strategy, they've been working on this East Coast base expansion plan for a long time. And news of how they're going about that came out this week was basically clarifying the case that. They have this expansion strategy underway. They bought 180 kilometres of fibre on the east coast. So they really just needed to announce that so everyone was aware we're on our way, whether you're with us or not. Okay. And will it affect the company having all these little uh, dabblers taking little chunks out of them? Yeah. Well, the share prices had a good result. Yeah. So. I will have. I just, you know, you, you feel very vulnerable anyway, and people keep, oh, gosh, there's not, a little Not if chunk. you've got a good story. If okay. you've got a good story, yeah, yeah. no, nah, you just get out there and tell it. Really, that's up to the other guys to fight over it. It's mm. only if you don't have a good story, that's when you feel vulnerable. Mm. Okay, let's look ahead at uh, next week's paper. And the feature this uh, coming Monday is looking at the world of apartments, of which if you are in Perth, you wouldn't uh, go for more than sort of 100 metres without noticing another <laughs> apartment being constructed opposite our uh, new place in Lord Street. We've got two big uh, <laughs> apartment towers going up. It's incredible. It is. Uh, Who's going to live in them? <laughs> Well, no, there's quite strong demand, and I think that's. I think this whole story is about. Do you know with the mining story? This is, I keep thinking about it. We talked about a super cycle, okay? So mining was at a certain level, and then China came along, and we didn't just have a boom to to meet a demand temporarily. We actually saw a change in demand to a different level, and what we're seeing now is that plateauing out at extraordinary level. And yes, the price is coming back, but we're producing twice as much. Yes. Now I question. Are we seeing the same in Perth, which has always been suburban, mm. low-level sprawl? Are we seeing the same thing with apartments where the point is Perth's just got so far away? If you want to buy a house in the Burbs, it's so far out, you make that decision, look, I'm going to go for an apartment. So yes. no longer is yeah, that yeah. is apartment just an, uh, you know somewhere where rich people were in or retirees. It's now suddenly, ah, it's a choice. Yes. It's now part of the market that didn't exist. And it, over East, 40% of it's, Sydney it's is so apartments. Uh, yeah. And also around the world, it's yeah, very common. Of course. Yeah, we're just slow on the uptake. The, the point is, though, as well, the more that go up, more people that will live in them, the better it will be to living in apartments in the middle of the city. That's, it, it changes the whole dynamic, doesn't it? It, it does, it does. But... But <laughs> there is still, and we're seeing it in mining, there might have been a super cycle, there might be a boom, but it doesn't mean there, aren't, there isn't still volatility. So yep. what, the, what the, the, the debate is at the moment, as we've discussed on this podcast before, are we building too many too quickly? Is the demand really there? And will someone get caught when the music stops? The, de- the developers say no, all right? The apartment developers, that is, say no, there's plenty of demand, the demand is because the world has changed in Perth, <laughs> to catch up with the rest, if you want to call it that, um, and they can't get an apartment going unless they've got 75% pre-committed, right? So the developers aren't going to go broke. They're going to build these things. Okay, that's a fair call. The things, will, by and large, should get built. That doesn't mean, of course, that investors can't get caught at the other end when mm. prices fall. And there is some debate around at the moment that ex- established apartments are under pressure because why would you buy one that was built 10 years ago, Tired. five years ago, yeah. when you can get the new shiny cars, one? The new shiny one, latest stuff, you know, rooftop bloody mm. barbecue mm-hmm. gardens with, yeah, with yeah. cinema and all that stuff that's going on at the moment. Yeah. So, look, there's some big numbers out there. Um, there's, I think there's something like 7,000 multi unit 
developments going on in the metro area. There's 500, nearly 600 apartments going up just around the CBD area yeah. and, and yeah. just within that fringe. One of the things I noticed, Mark, that, you know, they put the prices from on, on the big sort of border. Yeah. None of them strike me as being particularly cheap, you know, for, 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 for the all-round sort of market. Yep. It, it certainly seems to be more toppy I than bottoming. I think a one better, you can see some in that 300 to 400 range. I've seen a bit of that. Okay. Um, which, you know, if, if you're a couple... Uh, and you want to buy your first home, yeah. you, you, you can be relatively inner city, yes. one bed, and you start it, aren't you? You're on your way. The question mark again is, will that be a growth yes. investment or will you find in five years' time that you, it hasn't gone anywhere, it's shadowed out by well, 10 other apartments well, that's around the, that's it? that's <laughs> it. I mean, if, if we carry on you know, supply and demand, yeah. if, if we carry on sort of putting more supply out there, theoretically, your value won't necessarily go up, unless, of course, the population continues well, to increase. the population's still rising, you know, and, and that, that, is the, that is the underlying factor here, that they're yeah. saying, what have we got here in Perth now, 1.8, 1.7, some number like that. In, in the next 20 years, we're either 3.5 million or we're mm. 4.5 million. <laughs> so either way, we're nearly doubling or... Yeah. Close to tripling. Well, I think it's a good thing, personally. Shannon, uh, uh, would you would would you take up one of these? Well, that's interesting you say that. Coming from small town New Zealand, this idea just completely fascinates me. Why, yeah. would, personally, why would you buy an apartment when you can have a house on a block, even yeah. if you have to drive an hour to work? Yeah. You still work it. on a hundred acre blocks. Right? That, that's <laughs> yeah. your mentality. But I mean, and just adding to what you said, what Dan has written in the feature um, with the population growth, indications are that we'll need six more six times more apartments than what we have now within the next two, mm. two to three decades. So yeah. there's obviously demand. It's not coming from me, obviously. Mm. But You yeah. still like your sheep in the back garden. I do, you know, yeah. You know, <laughs> give me a lamb to But see. those are exactly the sentiments. And, yeah. and, and yet they're saying the older people don't want to look after the garden. I mean, that's, that's kind of traditional that yeah. they downsize. But younger people, many of them don't want a garden to look after. Mm. And, and they've all watched Sex in the City or whatever other mm. shows in the last... 10 or 15 years, 20 years, and that says apartment living's cool. It is. Righto. We'll see what happens on that one. Let's move on to um, a couple of other stories before we finish today. Um, some carbon capture going on in the south. Um, some carbon sink work. What's yeah. all this about? Yeah, look, we've just got a, a bit of an update on something. that's It's been out there a while ago, but we haven't heard much about it. It's, a, it's potentially a billion-dollar project in the Harvey area. Um, and the government's driving it, so they've actually basically put out a tender recently for more drilling in the area, and it's a carbon capture and storage, say carbon sequestration, you can say carbon sink. Um, it's a project where they're hoping to take industrial CO2 emissions, Quinana, Collie power stations, and some of the, uh, and Kemerton, and some of the uh, mines around that, just that area, and push them down into the ground yeah. where there's a suitable geological structure okay. that will take it. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know that it's been a gas region, but it's obviously got the right kind of formations where they can shove Interesting. Um, this back down there, and that's where they're at at the moment. They're drilling to test how good this will be. I think it's actually an unusual um, opportunity that WA has here. There's not that many places in the world where you can shove a lot of CO2 into the ground that are conveniently located next to an industrial area. That just yes. the two things don't generally mix. So, and we're not a huge industrial um, out. You know, our output is small globally. Our pollution so, is high. Well, our, our, our that's a per capita issue, but mm. most of this stuff is for export. And and anyway, we won't go to there. But the 
the fact is we're not a massive producer of CO2 mm. and this is a and this is quite a large area so it's 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 possible I'm not a huge believer in this that this technology will work I have to say but it's been going for years yeah it has mm. and I, I and I, and again just because one thing works because those yeah. those things come together doesn't mean that it's going to work globally I mean if you have to have pipelines going across the country to take CO2 it well, starts to it. become very yes. very costly yes good point let's end um, with a story on medical institutes Yes, this is a nice little story. A new medical research institute is established along with the opening of Fiona Stanley, which, while the hospital was being planned, didn't actually plan for a medical research facility to be in there, which seems like a bit of a shame when you think about it. Um, But the team of people that established the Medical Research Institute at Fremantle, some of them have come out and established a new one called the Warren Jones Institute for Community and Medical Health Research, I think. Um, and to kickstart that, this um, the chairman, uh, David Rowe, got an offer from an anonymous family who wanted to be completely unknown, $60,000. Nice go. start. Go. Go ahead. But if he asked any questions, wasn't going to be there for him. Oh, so, wow. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just sort of the nature of things. You know, there are people out there willing to fund these sorts of things. Yes. And and having a chat with him, what his uh, main motivation is, he wants to create a more collaborative environment around medical research facilities in Perth and get them all working together, mainly because the, 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 the proportion of national grants that WA is getting for medical research has dropped significantly mm-hmm. in recent years. Mm-hmm. Even the big guys that I've chatted to, like Tal Hunkins Institute, have said the same thing to me in the past. So... The idea is that if we all get together, work together, have some measurable outcomes, that's yeah. really key for him, then hopefully we can get a lot more of this stuff going. Very interesting. Very, very nice when you get a little check for $60,000 saying, just cash this, do not ask questions. No yeah, questions I, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Thank you so much, Shana. Thank you, Mark. We'll Pleasure. have another edition of Business News Background, same time next week. Till then, have a good week. Thanks. You've been listening to a podcast of Business News Background. Brought to you by Business News and Lush Digital. For more information, go to the website businessnews.com.au.